0: All right, man. Um, Here we go. Another fantastic one. Yes. The user-generated questions. These are some of my favorites. And uh, apologies out there to you guys that are listening. I've been sick all week, so I've been hacking up a lung for a few days here. I'm going to do my best to try to uh, keep that off of the chat, so to speak. But yeah, looking forward to this one. Feeble immune system. I'm telling you. (laughs) It was not robust enough to fight off whatever was coming down the pipe. The... uh you know, somebody
1: asked me a question recently, we're already off topic, about working out when you're sick. Hmm. And I was like, well, there's the answer that I would tell somebody under my care, and there's what I do yes. on my own. And I bet you
0: we are almost 100% similar in this regard. <laughs> somebody
1: seeking out my professional guidance, probably a good <laughs> idea if you don't. Me with, you know, three kids, which, you, you know, daycare is basically you pay somebody to hold your kids, get them sick, and then give them back to you. Like, there's always Mm -hmm. something moving around the household. I'd never get in a workout. So, like, I
0: I go and I get it done in some way, shape, or form. Ideal Yeah. No. but, hey, I'm all good. I am very, very much the same. And unless I'm really beat up, I'm going to try to get in and do something. Now, that being said, I know it's not going to be, like, a real brutal effort. But I'm definitely going to break a sweat for sure. Well, to stay off topic for
1: a second, the other part of even if doing it maybe isn't ideal for my actual strength and conditioning like i'm going to plateau or even maybe regress it's like it's what i do every day for my mental health like i gotta Mm -hmm. go blow off some steam get my heart rate up move a little low so even if it's not good for my musculature i need it personally from between the ears and so i make it on that call as well every now and then so yep oh tangent okay all right we're back on track we're crushing it um, oh, <laughs> always. Yeah, always. So before we even get in, I'm going to say, go to variednotrandom.com. check out all the cycles that we offer, get your first strict pull-up, learn how to fight a bear. There's linear mm. back squat progressions, Olympic lifts, you know, muscle-ups, handstand walk, cool stuff, help support the show. Check that out. Okay, now to the question. This is from Allison C. And I think that she sent this to VNR on Instagram, maybe. Here's what she says. Hi, Pat and Adrian. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I'm 50 years old and I've been doing CrossFit for eight years now. CrossFit has changed my life and I can do things at 50 I could never even think of in my twenties. I work hard at learning new skills. I just got my bar muscle up after working for almost a year on building my lats and that journey has been amazing. First of all. Yeah, right on. Stuck with it for a year. Good for yep. you. Um, let's see. I have a very stressful job and getting to do CrossFit is my sanity. I'm getting frustrated and depressed lately though. I have been battling arthritis in my hips and it's been getting worse lately. No matter what I I try, I cannot improve my mobility and I've tried everything. Any squat is difficult and I pay for it later. You both have discussed physical challenges on the show. My question is, how do I stay positive and keep at it? Do I give myself a week off or so? I have a prescription for a nsaid a non-steroidal anti-inflammation drug but i don't want to take any meds my family doctor Mm. says to stop doing crossfit but i can't imagine
0: my life without it allison c well there's a lot of meat on the bone there and you know first things first i'm not a doctor nor do i play one on tv (laughs) so get that out of the way first um but before we get to all that i mean man a lot of commendable things in this, in this question here, number one, eight years of sticking mm-hmm. with it. That's awesome. That's exactly what you want to hear from somebody. Um, and then that second phrase of, Hey, I can do things now at 50 that I couldn't do at 20. I mean, that's it. That, and full You're stop winning. that. Yeah. That's the utility of the long term vision. So congrats to that. Um, you know, secondly, okay, you've got this arthritis in in the hip. That's a real drag. You know, arthritis is no fun. And, um, and no joke, you know, like depending on the severity and the, how advanced it is, that can be really, really debilitating. Um, but I do think that there's a couple of general strategies that you can employ to, if not, you know, it's, I don't think you're going to make it go away by mm-hmm. changing your squat, but you can certainly have that same sense of progression. Um, if your focus has changed a little bit. And, uh, in my opinion, I think you can kind of keep your head in the game, A little bit just by modifying what you think is important in that scenario so to me that's that's what it more broadly if you're in the game long term be that eight years 10 years 15 years whatever sooner or later there's going to be some circumstance that pokes its head in and says hey this ideal training plan that you think you've been following you're going to have to change it to some degree and if you are rigid about that your your head is not going to accept that this is now what has to happen and it's going to be, you know, you'll adopt a defeatist stance on that. So it could be arthritis. It could be uh, a major life event. It could be something else. It doesn't matter. There will be something that says, Hey, perfect training plans out the window and you have to adjust. So getting your head right around that, regardless of the circumstance, I think is priority number one.
1: Somebody, at various times in your life, drops a monkey wrench on your head to your plan. Absolutely. And, and they yep. might drop it from 10 feet or 10,000 feet or 10 miles, like it's gonna hit you eventually <laughs> on some sort of unknown timeline. Yeah. So if arthritis is what hits you, just uh, I looked up online here the actual definition, and arthritis is the swelling and tenderness of one or more joints. The main symptom of arthritis are joint pain, the main symptoms arthritis are joint pain and stiffness, which typically worsen with age. The most common types of arthritis are osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Osteoarthritis causes cartilage, the hard, slippery tissue that covers the ends of the bones where they form a joint to break down, whereas rheumatoid arthritis is a disease in which the immune system attacks the joints, also beginning with the lining of the joints. So the poor lining of the joints is coming under attack in one way, shape, or form, no matter what. Mm. And I've got, as we'll get into it at the end of this episode, some very uh personal um investment in this topic as well, but before I gave my two cents from dealing with arthritis for a very long time, I wanted to make sure as we said neither one of us are medical doctors, but we've, <laughs> got, we've got, we know people if you will, so we called sure. a mutual yep. friend Dr. Sean Rocket, great um orthopedic surgeon in the New England area, and we yep. read him this exact question on the phone today and you know had him. Tell us what he would go through. What would go through his mind if he was answering Allison? And the cool thing was, it lined up very nicely with what we were saying. So you mentioned modifying, and that was one of the yeah. things that you know Dr. Rocket said as well. Is like, look, you know, um, as as obvious as it might sound, you might have to stay away from things that hurt. You might have to back off some things. Um, backing off things might not be unreasonable, and that's not stopping that's backing off or modifying because one of the things that the good doctor said was movement is your friend. And so you don't want to just come to an all halt. You want to try to keep the joint moving because arthritis wants to just harden that joint. And so one of your few defenses against that is going to be ideally keeping it in motion. And so maybe you're, you know, a to G squat that you've had for years, you know, is now a squat to parallel. That might be the life that you live for a while. And that might, that might really bother you between the ears, but you just might have a mechanical limitation. And that's, that's where you are now. But that's far better than just saying, well, I don't squat anymore. Or if super heavy load causes you some sort of acute pain well now you're moving moderate load and you're increasing the rep range a little bit those are still gigantic wins or you're you know you're reducing the load even more but you're doing something along that scale to try to preserve that movement to keep the joint moving for as long as you can to help you know lengthen that that range of motion over the course
0: of your life and so that was one of his primary uh, tips as well yeah I'll also say on that that you know modification can take many different forms so you mentioned reduction in load. You know, maybe a little bit of uh, change in terms of what full range of motion looks like now. Those are great examples. But I think something else that people don't take into consideration is just a simple setup modification. And oftentimes, um, that's something that people kind of gloss over is, okay, maybe you've been somebody with really great flexibility and mobility. And you've been able to squat with, you know, relatively narrow stance, relatively straightforward foot placement maybe that's not going to serve you anymore. I would play around with just that setup and that stance mm-hmm. and see if maybe a little bit more turnout, maybe a wider stance or more narrow, depending on where you are, <coughs> excuse me, but it's worth the experiment to play with some of those things and see if you can't get a little relief. Cause it could be as simple as that. Okay. This one position just isn't appropriate anymore. Um, other things too, is that variations on movements can often be surprising at what aggravates and what alleviates so you know for example you might find that taking squats as an example like man back squats just really wreck me but front squats or goblet squats at a moderate load are something that i can get away with a little bit more or vice versa i don't know what's going to be right in this particular circumstance Mm -hmm. but playing around with not just the intensity meaning the load and, and the range of motion and things like that but the style of squat the placement of load things like that you'd be surprised at how sometimes just a simple modification in that way can be really, really helpful. Um, and it can help to kind of, like I said earlier, keep your head in the game. Once you get around, it's like, all right, I can't do this version of squat anymore. That's okay. Because I have this other version that now I can focus on and it fills that gap. Well, I would say too, even on some of the days
1: where squatting is not going to be my friend. And if I have enough time, I can usually warm up for the squat. You know, but I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm rushed, eh, it's it's not a good thing. Um, a narrow stance usually treats me better than a wide stance. I've lost some of that mm-hmm. movement about the, the joint over the course of the years. But even on those days, even on like my most gloomy outlook for squatting day, I can lunge. And so I'll do just go. like yep. a, a heavy weighted lunge for distance, like until a distance that I feel like, I'm having a direct conversation with Satan of like how bad my legs (laughs) hurt. That's when I know to stop lunging. There's plenty of strength and fitness to be had in miserably loaded, miserably distant, you know, weighted lunges. And that for me personally, so that's just another way that I'm developing leg strength. I'm getting below parallel or darn close to it. Let's go ahead and say, and I've yet to be hindered in my real life
0: by making that substitution. A hundred percent. Yep. And, and again, that's, to go back to the mentality of it, to me that illustrates exactly what I was talking about, where, okay, maybe squatting's not on the table, but I still have something that I can sink my teeth in. Oh, yeah. And if you were to become, let's just say, maybe you never squatted again, but you became a lunge specialist, oh. you're not gonna be <laughs> yeah. shortchanged. You know, you'll be just as uh competitive with the person to your right or to your left when it comes to um, you know, usable leg endurance and practical application of that. Uh, as as the next person, so to me, that's what it's all about. Is okay. What can I channel my efforts and my enthusiasm into, knowing that this other thing might not be available? One hundred percent. And
1: so, let's see. Getting back to some of the stuff that uh, Allison mentioned, that she said she has some of those um, non-steroidal anti-inflammation drugs, but doesn't really want to take them. And you know, when mm-hmm. I talked to Doctor Rocket earlier, he said you know that's a very common. Prescription somebody might get and prescription not meaning necessarily that they're potent they can be available over the counter he said a lot of them are just motrin and aleve quite frankly Uh, and people may or may not want to take them his patients depending upon just how disruptive their arthritis is is it does it fall under the general nuisance and it's slightly annoying category or is Mm -hmm. it so chronic and um, aggravating that it disrupts you can't sleep okay now yep. we're talking about something different you know you get several nights of not sleeping your life's going to go down the toilet quickly and so that might be a great place for some of those to work into your life and he also said that you know physical therapy might help and the, the three major areas of physical therapy with something like a hip would be range of motion work again keep keep it moving stretching and strengthening you know so and and quite frankly a lot of that we do in CrossFit yep. or your strength and conditioning through your general warm-up, the actual workout of the day, and then your
0: cool down and stretching at the end. You know, whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not, you're getting a lot of that in. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll say on that too, because I, I'm very much of that mindset where, you know, given the choice to never see a doctor again, never, never engage in prescription drugs again, like I that's the side of the fence that I'm pretty firmly on. It takes a lot for me to have to uh you know, put something down my gullet from the pharmaceutical category. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, I think that there's a lot that you can do with your diet as well. And particularly trying to identify foods that are inflammatory that are currently in your diet and removing them. And the obvious ones would be things like sugar and alcohol. Here here comes the The, bummer.
1: I know. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) The old old drag (laughs) Bosman
0: just, just pulling you down. But, but if you can um, limit those, those, uh, inflammatory foods within the diet, it can go a long way in just making you feel a little bit better. Again, it's, it's probably not going to be a cure. That's not Mm -hmm. what I'm saying, but, um, if it's something you haven't dug into, you can be surprised at how profound the impact of something like that can be once you start stepping away from that. And it might not be an immediate thing either, but over the weeks and months, as you eliminate more and more of those from your diet, you, you, Tend to find that you're moving a little bit better,
1: and you know what you said about hey, it may not um, eliminate or cure it. You know that's one of the the interesting things about arthritis is there is no there is no cure for it. You're just managing the symptoms, right? And so you're not going to regrow the cartilage that was gone. You know, once it mm-hmm. whatever you've lost, you've lost, and if you're continuing to erode it you ain't going to get it back, you know? And so some of the other things the good doctor said, depending upon where a patient is on their level of severity, what they're dealing with, what they can tolerate, what they hope to do with their body, et cetera, et cetera. If we've gone from, you know, uh, a leap and Motrin and um, strength and conditioning and physical therapy and all that, then one of the other things you could p- potentially look at is a cortisone injection. And he said... This would be a step that is probably right before a hip replacement surgery. This is somebody who's dealing with something relatively, you know, it's quite severe. It's, it's disrupting their life. It's a big deal. And he said some people do have good results with that. And so Allison might want to speak with her physician as to is she a candidate for that based upon what the physician knows and what she's dealing with. He said not everybody does. So it's not a one size fits all. And the other important thing to realize is that the cortisone injection, it's not Again, there's no cure. So it's not curing it. You know, it is kind of a temporary Band-Aid, he said. But some people actually respond to it profoundly well and have decreased pain and they feel good. And so that might be something to uh, look into as well, depending upon where Allison is in that whole spectrum.
0: Yeah, and that, that I think is the important thing to recognize, too, is that there is a significant range there as far as, you know, where, where you are along that continuum and, and what's appropriate because of it now what i think is also interesting is that at least in my experience it sounds like your experience and it sounds like dr rocket's recommendations uh nowhere in there was the description of stopping nowhere in there was the uh recommendation that well you just walk away and don't look back um,
1: well, I, I'll, I'll let you keep going but uh, but just yeah. to confirm what you're saying you know i read allison's question to him word for word like i read at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show in the, and she doesn't say to like the second to the last sentence, my doctor says to stop doing CrossFit. So as I'm reading it, he's, you know, kind of talking a lot about this, and that and I agree with it. And then I read that, that he goes, oh, geez, really? Why in the world did he do that?
0: So, you know, even as an orthopedic surgeon, yeah. he was like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, my devil's advocate is that he's probably, he being the doctor, um, probably interpreting it as an all or nothing type of proposition where, you know she's forcing herself into positions over and over again at high loads, and no consideration for the outcome. Go into the games. That's right, and and <laughs> I think you and I, and hopefully our listeners, are pretty comfortable with the idea that that's not what CrossFit's about. It's not a one-size-fits-all type of approach. In fact, that's the very beauty of it: is that it can be tailored, and there is so much to work on that there's always a path forward. That can be customized to whatever situation you find yourself in. I think that's part of the major appeal, in my opinion. So, with that understanding, I would find it hard to believe that the doctor would recommend just stopping in good faith. Maybe yes, I'm being too charitable. I was, was going to say
1: yes, but but would you? Right? I mean, just how many? You know, I'd like to think that the tide is changing, but. I, I still might be shocked from a statistical percentage as to how many doctors just think, I don't know, squats are bad for your knees, right? Or the yeah. deadlift's bad for your back, or who knows, beats me. Um, or, you know, good heavens, you're 50 years old, you shouldn't be doing box jumps, or, you know, whatever, you know, who yeah. knows, whatever it is. But but hopefully that tide's changing. Uh, another thing which we clearly would have recommended as well, and, and, you know, Dr. Rock was right on board with it as well, is, you know, just finding things that generate less impact. So, for example if you're one of the one in one million CrossFitters that actually likes running, then, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you can replace those runs with rowing and biking or some sort of less impactful uh, option. So there are ways, you know, we talked of the lunging versus the squatting, you know, lowering the loading. Now we're going to talk about some monostructural modifications that can be made. So there's, again, you've got a lot of wiggle room. If you generally have a basic understanding of programming, gross movement patterns, things like that, you're going to find some substitutions that aren't going to be, you know, maybe you can't tick that you did it RX because Helen has a 400 meter run and you did 1,200 meters on the air bike, you're still gonna get plenty fit. You're gonna be
0: a ferocious beast of fitness compared to all your friends and you'll be awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, last thing I'll say on that is, Uh, Yes, I agree completely. I think that breaking yourself from this kind of RX or die mindset is one of the healthiest things that you can do, uh, because the outcome is what's really important anyway. Um, You know, and then secondarily, just getting back to this idea that uh, there's always something to focus on. And just because you can't focus on the same thing as the person on your right or the person on your left, doesn't mean that you're less for it. In in some ways, it might even weigh out to be more of a benefit because you can really dig into some of these elements and spend a little bit more time on them and become, quote-unquote, a bit of a specialist in them. And, and in some ways, that's, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helps answer one of her other questions, which was...
1: Um something about how do I try to basically how do I try to stay positive about it mm-hmm. and, yes. and hopefully hopefully all these things help you Allison stay positive because no one's saying you need to stop working out no one's saying yeah. you need to lift weights no one's saying that your life is now sedentary it's just it just might look a little different and it's a challenge yeah. so don't take it as a setback it's a challenge and and you're going to be
0: wonderfully capable I, I promise you that I have, I have the utmost faith in that. Yeah. And I think that the uh, positivity can be found in this the stem of her question a little bit there too, where she's talking about, hey, I stuck with it for a year and I got my first muscle up. It's like, dude, that's awesome. What about that trajectory? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing about a little hip arthritis that can't stop you from moving in that direction a little bit more. So, hey, great. How about working on your legless rope climbs next? How about building up a monster weighted pull-up? You know I mean? There's so mm-hmm. many things in that domain that you can really sink your teeth into uh, that have nothing to do with arthritis of the hip and can keep you busy for, you know, the next eight years of CrossFit. 100%. So I guess I'll share my little quick
1: tale with arthritis and what's on the agenda for me in my near future one week, no, less than a week from today, as a matter of fact, because as we record this, it is November 9th. On November 15th, i'm going to be the proud re- the proud recipient of a total hip replacement that's right oh i should say before i forget so dr sean rocket who's an orthopedic surgeon you can go to his website for all kinds of good information on arthritis in these topics it's three two one gomdcom
0: so check that out yep and um, and just to hype dr rocket up a little bit i mean we're talking about somebody who just to, if people aren't familiar with him, he's been in and around the CrossFit community for years. He and his wife, Rhonda, have run an affiliate for many years. They've been uh, part of that community in the kind of Northeastern United States forever and ever and ever. Uh, Sean, you know, donates a lot of his time to many of the games events that are on as part of our medical staff. I mean, he's just a phenomenal human being and I can't say enough good things about him. So not only is he an incredible, you know, orthopedic surgeon but he also has a ton of context as uh mm-hmm. died in the wool crossfitter so great great person to to dig into some of his resources and our goal is to have him on the show so watch out for yeah. future broadcasts and we'll, we'll pick his brain but uh
1: all things orthopedic and cross and all that good stuff. But so quick, uh, yeah, quick backstory: without making it too much on my, uh, myself. I've got a total hip replacement about one week from today. I'm beyond excited. Like I'm actually stoked. I wish it was today because uh, I think my life's going to get better. Um, I was, I broke my pelvis a long time ago, in like the year 2000. So it's been almost a quarter of a century and I haven't done anything to it. Uh, a couple of plates and eleven screws or whatnot. It was the right acetabulum, and just as is the nature of those things, over the course of the years, the, the cartilage just started to go away and go away. And when it went away, the daily pain increased and the range of motion decreased. It's just it is what it is. I probably should have gone in many years ago, but I was stubborn. You know, not one to complain. And so Too I went in. You're good, Pat. <laughs> I went in there uh, a couple months ago. And it was level four arthritis, you know, which means yeah. that's the top level. There's no cartilage left. It's a hundred percent bone on bone. When I explain- so you, you win. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, so when <laughs> oh I explained boy. to the doc, the docs and, and I got myself a, an orthopedic surgeon that is a fan of strength and conditioning. Like that was one of my mm. big criteria. Um, And he knows what I want to do with my body, what I have been doing. And he was very much like, hey, you've probably made it 23 years because you're squatting and deadlifting and sprinting and jumping. Like He was like, that's not the reason that you and I are having this conversation. You're going to have a total hip replacement. That's very important. This was coming no matter what because of the injury that you had. But it probably would have come a lot sooner if you were sedentary and inactive. So that was really cool to hear that. Um, And... So let's see, I'm going to do that. There's a big bone spur that's keeping me like locked mechanically right at, like right at parallel. So he's going to try to remove that. I cannot wait for that to be gone. Um, I can squat and my deadlift position affected a little bit. I can squat like right to parallel, but it takes me, like I said, a long time to warm up and my stance is narrower than it used to be because there's no room in that joint anymore. So I'm looking forward to having more room in that joint. Hopefully it's more depth and being able to open my legs a bit more would be great. And what actually, funny as it is, not funny, my wife just thinks I'm an idiot. But like when um <laughs> what really brought me into the physician was not anything in the gym, over the course of the years, my internal and external rotation on my right leg, which is the side of the injury, is like, if it's five degrees, I'd be shocked. I I mm. with that little range of motion and, and then being mechanically stopped at 90 degrees with my hip i'm at the point where i almost can't put on my sock on my right foot like almost (laughs) can't do it i mean dude it's so bad i should i'm actually going to shoot a video because i'm going to try to document this a little bit as to like the day before what does it all look like that i can do and then how like what does it look like afterwards because i don't know it'd be really cool for crosshairs i think to see that um and so i'm going to do that uh you know there's obviously been good severe you know, daily chronic pain. I don't take any meds either. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm curious to see if that goes away. But any reduction in pain and any increase in range of motion will be awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And then I'll be fascinated just to see what the rehab process looks like. I'm not going to be a knucklehead. I've done dumb things before. I don't want to rush back to 70%. I'm going to take my time and get as close to 100 as I can for the rest of my life. And I'll just be modifying the Daily linchpin workouts, was quite frankly, I'm not gonna do anything special. Yeah. I'm gonna just modify it exactly what we're telling Allison. So I'm gonna live, I'm going to live exactly what we said on this episode. So that's it. And I'll share and chronicle that. And if we have Dr. Rocket on, it'll probably be a couple weeks after my surgery. So
0: that'll be kind of cool for me to check in with him. Well, that'd be good. It'll keep you honest at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'll be able to <laughs> he'll be able to put the smack down on you if you're trying to do too much too soon. I
1: I when I was chatting with him today, you know, I told him this question. And then I, I didn't tell him anything about my situation. And I was like, I'm like, I'm going in next week. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, he goes, is the question about you or about this Allison? So he's like, is Allison <laughs> yeah. real? I'm like, no, no, Allison's real. This is uh, a real question. Awesome. I just happened to do that. Uh, and, and I, and I, you know, so yesterday in the gym, which is kind of cool, was a heavy front squat. I worked up to a heavy triple at 275 mm-hmm. with level four arthritis, bone on bone, and intense daily chronic pain, you know? So, right. I, I, and, I, and I, again, that was what helped me make it 23 years. I never I chose to never slow down. And from what I understood from the get-go was, since you can't cure arthritis and some of these things happen, that daily chronic pain and you know problems with my joint, those are just going to be my lifelong buddy no matter what. I can't change yeah. that. So I can have lifelong pain and arthritis and be weak, feeble, and sedentary, or I can have them and continue to work out every day. Easy choice, and so yeah, we'll see what the road back looks like. Uh, I'll let you know if it takes
0: six months, twelve months, eighteen months, or two years to get back to that squat number. We'll we'll track the journey. I love it. Well, and that's one thing that you've mentioned many times, and I you know certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've heard you say it a lot. Where the doctors follow ups that you've had for this hip injury that's been you know significant and long lasting, uh, at least. I remember you saying early on, you wouldn't tell the doctor until you had a Absolutely. relationship with them what you were doing, <laughs> but you would wait for them to say, Hey, you know, for somebody with your injury history, you're moving really well. Like there's something going on here. What are you doing? And then you let the cat out of the bag and they're like, Well, okay, well, just keep doing it. <laughs> Play a little <laughs> but, possum, you know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You lead with it <laughs> and all of a sudden they're going to tell you, Hey, I don't know about that CrossFit thing, but let yeah. them get there first. That's a different story sometimes. So interesting.
1: Yeah. So, that's it, Allison. I truly hope that helps you because obviously this, this question resonates with me as well. Big thanks to Dr. Sean Rocket for his knowledge and time today. You know, we reached out to him randomly for the show, and thanks to him for looking to be on the show in the future. We look forward to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that about wraps it from our end, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, keep submitting the questions, everybody. They drive the show forward. We appreciate it. We appreciate you, all the viewers and listeners. Uh, Go to variednotrandom.com, check out all the stuff that we offer. Go to the BTWB YouTube channel, post your thoughts and comments under this program. And for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.